Good evening and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Delighted to be joined this evening here in my house here in Hawthorne on my kitchen table with the great Giggles. Thanks for coming back to us, Giggles. No worries, I'm just after notes and Pat O'Neill there opening up his notebook with all his notes. Don't be looking, John. He's been doing a lot of hard work, Giggles. He's, out for, yeah. he's yeah. out for your spot on the podcast. Oh. He, he heard it's up for grabs. So I, think you, I think you can only have one cork man on. That's a rude, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, agree, I do agree with that rule. So, if Shawnee, you might be in trouble. He's not with us late. <laughs> so, on that note, welcome along, Pat. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. A lot of warm reception out, out there, Pat, for you last week. So, Great to have you back with us again. Giggles, you're back f- from Boston. How did you get on? Great time now, yeah. I was over there for about 10 days. Uh, work sent me over to do a course in Harvard Business School, which was great. So uh, a lot of learnings, a good tough week. Went around saw Boston and then finished the week off by turning on the iPad and watching Limerick and Kilkenny. Lovely, yeah. <laughs> you that would have been a great end to the trip for you. Brilliant. Um, but looking forward to seeing you apply some of those learnings that you've in Harvard onto the podcast and... Hopefully, bring us into the the yeah. next level of of podcasting. You know, well, one of the, one of the theories was about low end disruption and how the small guy is able to compete with the bigger guys, and because they're more nimble and fast moving. So we we'll definitely take those learnings yeah. <laughs> on the business model anyway, Liam. We 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 put them into place. What about Colin Parkinson? Will think of that. <laughs> so we do have a, a great show for you today. We are going to obviously look back at the Kenny Limerick game. Delighted to announce that Giggles Corner is back on the show. I think it's been four or five weeks since we la- had our last one. So looking forward to that. And we're also going to look at Claire and Wexford and wrap up by having a quick look at the Super 8s because I think we have to acknowledge at some point that football is occurring at home as well, even though it's we know it's paling in comparison to the hurling at the moment. Um, but first up, we do have a number of tweets in and some feedback on Instagram. So the tweets on Akadegea, first tweet in from Nathan Byrne at Kill FC. Great podcast, lads. Be interested to get your picks for Hurler and Young Hurler of the Year at this stage. I had Connor Cooney as my favourite for Hurler of the Year before the Leicester final. Not likely now, though. Quickly on that, Giggles. Uh, I'd say if I was picking a Hurler of the Year at the moment, it'd be a 50 50 battle between John Conlon and Seamus Harnady. Okay. I'd yeah. Forward heavy there. <laughs> Pat? Uh, young Hurler of the Year, I'd say Dara Fitzgibbon. I yeah, agree with fair that. call. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cork, of course. Go on, yeah. Hard of the year. Hard of the year. That's a tough one. Um, have to look at the big three, four left over. John Connell's having a brilliant year, standard yeah. year all the way through. Can't argue with that. Um, Limerick side, Galway. I mean, they're all kind of doing their own thing. Harlem. The next, I think the next two weeks will will sort that out. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good question in though. Thanks for getting in touch, Nathan. Also, just got a tweet in from from Kevin Gary at Kevin Gary. Which was a response to a tweet that I did around the poor crowd in Parky Queeb. We'll touch on that. But he said, poor crowd today, but was expected to be. Should definitely have been a doubleheader in Turles tomorrow, full house guaranteed. So that was kind of a silly one, but we can touch on that as we go on. Also, just some feedback on Instagram from Aidan Murphy84. Is he a friend of yours, Giggles? Oh, an answer, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he wasn't happy with some of the hashtags um, that I used in promoting the tweet. I had left out Wexford. I had included every other county, but oh. hashtag Wexford. So... Uh, he, I apologised, and uh, as you you were good to chip in there, so easily knowing that you were away for a week, giggles that the whole thing was uh, 
yeah. fall asunder. Well, it was, it was probably fitting that you left out Wexford considering they were so bad at the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. I must have known. I must have known that was coming. But yeah. um, I did add it in. And I did add it in actually as well. Hashtag yellow bellies and hashtag purple and gold. But didn't do anything yeah. for them on the weekend. No. Anyway, right. Let's get into it. Coming up first, look back at Kilkenny, Clare, or sorry, Kilkenny Limerick. As I say goodbye to Kilkenny for this year's championship. Good luck to him. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Henry stood up to a penalty, toughest penalty he was ever going to face in his life, you know, everything riding on it. He just buried it, you know, and and was it a penalty, Brian, do you think? Well, Dermot Kerwin certainly gave a penalty. I mean, I, I, if you want to start wondering about all of the frees in the course of the game, you'd have a fairly fairly busy time. Did you think yourself as a penalty, Marty? Well, I, I wasn't too sure, but it, it just seemed a little bit dodgy in, in the replay. I have no idea, Marty. Did you check all the other frees as well to see where they dodgy also? <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe you should. In, in terms of the referee, did you, were you pleased overall? I'm sure you are now, considering you've won the All-Ireland. But did you think he allowed a lot to go? Oh, Marty, please give me a break. With, uh, the referee, uh, referee, we're supposed to say nothing about referees. I make a habit of saying absolutely nothing about referees. During McCurvin, I was, I'm certain in my head, was going out to be the very, very, very best he possibly could be. You seem to have had a problem with him. You tell me. Okay, this time nearly four years ago we had that classic of Kilkenny and Limerick in the rain and All-Ireland semi-final was that time and that was a, f- you know, a fantastic game to watch. Ebbed and flowed, Limerick probably on top the whole way through, Kilkenny nipped it at the end. It was looking that way come the 62nd minute when Richie Hogan got that goal. It was like, lovely, here we go. Yeah. But as we, as we saw that game unfold, Limerick rallied with a phenomenal finish to end Kilkenny's year. Yeah, and I think, I think it was just... Like looking at the game as a whole, I think Limerick were way more efficient with their with the ball, their scoring chances, uh, and Kilkenny's work rate was the counter to that. Kilkenny's work rate was phenomenal by their whole forward line. They weren't on as much ball, but they worked and hooked and harried. But the belief that Limerick had then in the last eight to ten minutes was just phenomenal. They just had five plays. They probably scored five points out of those five plays, whereas Kilkenny kind of didn't have the composure maybe that Limerick would have had. So um, they definitely showed the character. They definitely showed the character. And I think people had put Limerick up on a pedestal after the first three rounds of Munster, and rightly so. They had a one bad day against Clare, and people kind of ripped them off. So now they've put Kilkenny to the sword. I think people will have to start looking at them seriously again. Yeah, first win in 45 years for Limerick against Kilkenny Pa. Yeah. Yourself and Sean, he obviously called it and he called <coughs> it by the, by the, by the, two, comp- points, by the yeah. two points. So yeah. you were both on the money. But did it play out the way you expected it to play out? Um, not really. I d- a very exciting game, but I don't think it was the highest of standards. A lot of balls going over sidelines. But as we giggle touching it, the Kilkenny work rate. But I think what impressed me most is the Limerick game plan and how they stuck to it throughout the whole hour. Um, when Kilkenny did get that goal it took a short puck out straight away to Declan Hannon no panic played a 30 yard ball into midfield just worked it up and I think the Morrissey on the understand yeah. brilliant point um, and just settled the ship just stuck to their game plan the whole day long um, I was disappointed in Kilkenny looking we spoke about the Galway game how 
their full back line was isolated same thing happened again you know the Limerick half forward line pushed out massive space inside and I think the full forward line scored 8 points from play yeah. that includes Casey who came on for Fannigan um, he came on he got 2 points got 2 points got 4 balls 2 yeah. points drove one wide set up a score for another one um, but I was impressed over Limerick but disappointing Kilkenny that they didn't push back and it seemed that they didn't learn from the mistakes against Galway yeah I think that was my big worry at half time I remember I, gave my, I watched it live and I gave my friend a home podge a call and that was my big worries how stretched they were in that full back line like those the angle and balls and like Park Walsh looked like he wasn't up on top of Flanagan but it was just like you actually can't defend those balls so if the Limerick half back line or midfield are getting that time to deliver and the half Kilkenny's half back line are pushed up as a full back line you can't do anything about that you can't play from the front because they'll just put it in behind you or they'll put it to the side of you and that's where they really got at Kilkenny and I think to your point Giggles about the, the efficiency Kilkenny were double digit wides I think the figure was I think it was 15 or 16 wides Kilkenny drove which is not like Kilkenny no. and what I was so excited about at the start of the match from a Kilkenny supporters point of view was Kilkenny were actually dictating the terms of the start the first yeah. 10 minutes now Limerick did overtake them probably for the next 15 but I think it was the first game all year outside of the offering match which we won't speak to yeah. that Kilkenny were actually setting the tone because Kilkenny were playing second fiddle to Dublin they played second fiddle to Wexford for Lovett a lot of it to Galway and they hung in there so it was probably the first time they were actually imposing themselves on the game from the start but Limerick just like Pat said never deviated from their game plan and I think a lot of that is down to Richie Hogan going to centre forward he, like he hit three the man can't be blocked the man can't be hooked oh, oh I don't know how he get those, yeah. those swings away <laughs> and that, he used that puck out he caught overhand yeah. oh <laughs> my god he, and he was the size 36 or 37 Hurley for a man who was only you know 5 foot 8 or 5 foot 9 so he, he dictated and he opened it but going back to Pal's point the full forward line scored 8 points but the half forward line also scored 8 or 10 points and this is the whole thing like if your half forward line is scoring the half back line have to go out and mark them and then that means it's open for inside whereas if if you had a half forward line who's not scoring it's very easy for the three Kenny lads to sit back in front of them so they've got such they've no marquee forward you can say they've no TJ Reid or they've no Seamus Harnady or Patrick Horgan but what they have is they've got lads from number 5 to number 15 who can score at will that was a big thing yeah. their half back line chipped in with two points as well exactly. yeah. and like you've got Declan Hannon who's arguably one of the best forwards in Limerick playing at centre back you've got the man of the match Morris he was the only lad who didn't score from five up you've got Burns who who looks like he's gliding them over from 100 yards and then you've got Keane Lynch and your man from Dune what's his name O'Donovan who got three points yeah. as well like, well, it probably was one of Keane Lynch's quieter days though very much yeah, so. but that know, midfield battle was unreal yeah. and the two Kilkenny boys that he's well included a brilliant game but you just remember we were talking about Keane Lynch how he's naturally talented but you watch him this year he just does the simple things just gets involved picks up the ball and then that's like the monster hurling the, the halfbacks are coming out to get involved and just a simple hand pass it's no no hitting the ball blind into forwards yeah. just very intelligent player for young men very impressed with him I know he was quiet and he wasn't getting on the scoreboard but the work rate between that midfield battle was key it was brilliant all day long yeah. but I think the Limerick halfback line is it's up there it's, it's, it's as good as the Galway halfback line they can score from yeah, range big men catching puck out of these and Kilkenny were throwing everything at him and they were coming down with high balls even the very last puck of the ball was driven in and a Limerick man you're expecting TJ Reid to do something magical or anyone but it was a Limerick man got up there and challenged won it and the game was over but um, well done to Limerick totally deserved yeah I think that's on your point Giggles that you've been making all year about your half back line being your launching pad and I think we've seen probably Galway have that launching pad as well and Cork probably their wing backs have 
played that at certain extent with, with Coleman. Yeah, Coleman, is, Coleman yeah. is, is probably the lead there. But you have to look probably now, I would say, we will, we'll touch some more in detail, but Limerick are looking really good going into that Ireland semi-final. It was, it was interesting, Tom Orsi was interviewed after the match, saying first time beating Kenny in 45 years. And it's interesting, They have, he said, us as a group, we haven't been carrying that burden. Yeah. That's all gone before us. Yeah. And I think it's, it was interesting to hear him say that. How much of that is actually true? Because no matter what, you're going to play in a team, I don't, I don't care what you say. They haven't been in for yeah. years. I'm not saying it was front of mind, but, but it must be playing some kind of thing in the back of their head. But that response to that goal just epitomised Limerick on the day. And where they actually fell down the last time, four years ago, against Kilkenny, Richie Power got a similar goal. It was a bit of a sucker punch out of Same nowhere. Time, Same that? time. And Kilkenny kicked on yeah. and Limerick folded. But they, it was this time that they responded with those four unanswered points. And that Tom Morrissey point where he picked the ball up in the 45 yeah, line, yeah. ran the length of the field with James Marr, yeah. who was no slouch, yeah. kept into him the whole way. Buckley came across, James Marr falls on his arse and he strikes yeah. over the bar. Just a phenomenal score. Yeah. Yeah. But do, do, do one, like if, if you point out one or two small negative things that Limerick had, because you had to have it, like one, they had five clear cut goal chances. Like, you, you can't really forgive Aaron Gillan especially for the last one like he was one on one with the goalie he should be gone in to see the white of the goalie's eyes you look at like say the best finisher of, of in water for a generation Dan Shanahan he hits the ball low into the bottom corner every single time Gillan Hogan's goal is straight at the keeper but it was just low, low. bounce low. it fast bounce and, low, bounce yeah. and even Gillan's kick in the first half was oh, yeah. top corner he was looking for top corner <laughs> oh, yeah. again and, it was, and now to be fair the only lad who you can give credit to was Hegarty um, because he went in he had no room to swing a stick he got a, and he had an unbelievable shot low to, and it was just to, to the other side of it you have to give huge credit to Owen Murphy oh, like, yeah. I think he's nailed on for the All-Star that performance I think, I think oh, I, I don't know I, shot stopping puck outs again very disappointing game the puck outs like, again we said it again last week about driving that ball down into the pack just kept doing it and doing it and then when he went short to the full back line they were looking up, no options, and just hitting it but long. I don't think that's on him, though. If you if you're looking out to oh, field, must, uh, but if you're looking out to field as a goalie, and you've no, if you if you come short, he was given it. He gave that lots, and then they're lumping it. He, if you know the option, he has just, to go long. Though. Just go crack. Just get onto the half back line. Get onto Buckley yeah. centre back. Get onto the wing backs. Push out. Give it to them. Yeah. Even even if they're not expecting it, give it to them. Wake them up. You know. I know. Shot stop him though, Pat. Shot stop. He's unbelievable. He's <laughs> not taking that away. Yeah, unless, unless, because the only lad who's going to challenge him is Anthony Nash. The only lad who's going to come near him. And well, unless, Nash shot stop is as good as that. No, he's, he's not. No, 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 no. Not near. But if Nash has two games and Cork win in All Ireland, oh, and yeah. he's dictating the poker, it's the only way he can be going out in a quarter final is very hard to win an All Star. When's the last time kick anyone? Goal oh PJ Ryan PJ Ryan got yeah. in 2009 and they hadn't had one since that since Mickey Walsh in 1992 or three yeah yeah so yeah I think I think from a neutral point of view being yourself and Pat and giggles there very I wouldn't say you're yeah. too neutral on Sunday but it was an absolutely brilliant game yeah. like I was here watching it on my own just after midnight. I was sta- I actually was standing up like I was like this is like when Richie Hogan got the goal I was like there's seven minutes left here normal time. <laughs> like, too much oh I wish he might get it in the 69th minute yeah, like you know what yeah. I mean I was just like this is horrible but it was as a Kenny person really disappointed that they lost but at the same time start of the year we've had eight, seven or eight championship debutants this year for that I think that Kenny team has gone for not further as in like I thought they might get to Ireland semi-final depending on the draw but in terms of what they produced yeah. you couldn't be happier with them they died with their boots yeah. on they gave it everything they had shocking amount of wides yeah. now you talk about those goal chances if Limerick had converted it could have been out of sight but they didn't yeah. and you have to be think happy with Kenny's lot but as Cody said himself 
career top here unless they win the All Ireland. Yeah. Like that's his resolve. But the, still, I think it's been a good year for Kilkenny. Yeah, the thing, the thing I was looking back on, right? The, who was the lad that started with the green and red helmet? Oh, Pat Ling. Like, I'm sorry, don't mean any disrespect to Pat, but he didn't look like an intercounty hurler out there at all. And that was the, a curveball from Cody, and it didn't put, it didn't yeah, go well. And they had the, the other lad with the yellow helmet in corner forward didn't do much either. Billy Ryan. Yeah, I thought he, he came into it. He's very raw when as you, well. When though. you have. Like Richie Lahey and you have Dermody. Is it, is it Dermody or? John Donnelly. Donnelly. Come on. The two of them, like John Donnelly's pass to Richie Hogan was like for a 19 year old who caught the ball. Oh, he's a raw talent, yeah. He, yeah. he just goes for it. Delivered yeah. the ball to strike without breaking stride and it was, it was a beautiful pass. And like, and to say, and, and the flip side is that Liam Blanchfield always comes on. He's a physical man. He got yeah. it amongst the, the Limerick backs. Richie Lahey scored four points yeah. of play. So. And, and look, you can argue that whether he was coming on and he was fresh as a daisy yeah. and, he, and he opened up for him in the second half. I mean, he may not have got that if he started, but it just feels like that, especially Donnelly and Blanchfield probably should have started and brought Richie Lahey in the way he did as opposed to your man Hartley and maybe I the think, other fella. Yeah, I think, look, I think the Pat Link call was one that kind of bewildered us all of considering that he hadn't really featured any other, he hadn't featured no. any other games and Cody sprung him. Look, he's done things like that before and it paid off. That yeah. one didn't pay off. It was like he couldn't even rise the ball at times. And he got hauled off just before half time. Yeah. But I think all the other changes they made worked. But saying that, it was TJ Reid chipped him out, I think it was one point from play. One from play, yeah. One from yeah. play. And like TJ's normal haul had been three or four from play. If TJ had tipped in yeah. with his three or four, and he had the chances, it was the wides. Yeah. And a couple of his decisions he made in the first half where he was actually through 25 yards out. They still score over the bar. He tried to work at that extra pass and it broke down. And Cody was losing. He did lie in the first yeah. half. Yeah. But. Um, what I was going to say going on about the let's say the game plan but if I'm fascinated I know you were saying you were going on about Munster Hurling saying that is you thought it was like almost no big hits or anything but it's, I found it fascinating that you have Limerick you got Fannigan Fannigan will go up to the stand for the ball he will t- and on about Patrick Walsh like we said oh, he'd be playing Johnny Glynn last week big man hard to defend against well this is the complete opposite you should have suited him more speed you know yeah. get out in front just you're contesting 50-50 ball on the ground couldn't get near Fanning all day he wasn't contesting 50 but you couldn't get out there ahead of him That's but if you're playing I think if, if you're playing full back and then you have a full forward who's getting balls spread into a corner it's very hard to play that ball from the front if you're playing and a ball is coming in over the top and it's one on one. That's contested. It wasn't really. It was a. It was a perfect. The, the, perfect the, ball distribution from Limerick. They hi- the, the highlighted one just to put that. They highlighted one thing on the Sunday game where. I think it was either I think it was Declan Hannon gave a ball into Graham Mulcahy and Paul Murphy had every angle covered yeah, except for one small bit, and your man just put it right in there. Mulcahy, as I said, he couldn't defend against it. Ball in the hand, little drink left, little drink right, and over the bar. Yeah. And the ball, the Limerick foot forward, and got you have to say like, and that that's the whole thing. Like, I was kind of looking at it, and to give out about Limerick, they three or four times they did this reverse hand pass. And like the reverse hand pass when you're not looking is is a recipe for disaster. And I think you kind of got two or three points out of it. But they keep working it around until they spot the opportunity from the half-back line midfield and then they deliver. There's such a patient build-up and then they give the killer ball every time and they should have had three or four goals. Yeah, and I think it's look, it's your point, Eagles, is the efficiency of the Limerick Forest compared to Kilkenny's. Kilkenny didn't convert. They made more chances than Limerick, but Limerick actually took all the chances that they yeah. created effectively yeah. and all the points were nearly from play. Yeah. I think they only had like two po- three points from three points from freeze on a wet day when the rain came down yeah. heavy in that second half. Like that's a phenomenal yeah. performance from a Limerick. Twenty four points from play. <laughs> yeah, like that's <laughs> unbelievable. And like, look, it was a cracking game of hurling. You can talk about maybe like there was a few spill balls and that yeah. kind of stuff, but that was. It hadn't rained in Ireland in six weeks. The pitch in Turles was burnt two weeks beforehand and then was an absolutely like, gre- like greased up to the last. Yeah. Plus, 
yeah, it was the intensity, the mistakes do get made yeah. when, the, when the games we played at that pace. I thought it was a great game to watch, and one that I actually I never watch a Kenny game after lose. I never watch it again, but it's one I actually think I will look back on again this year as a game. Probably one one of the best games we've had so far this year in terms of ebbs and flows and excitement, and, and excitement yeah, yeah. to it. I read uh, somewhere there, sorry, Liam, about someone was uh, one of the apps there. I can't remember who wrote it, but saying that it's boring times to Wexford. To be honest, I think it's boring times to Kilkenny because the game of hurling is changing. You can see it that. It, they are doing. I, they look like they're playing as individuals, and they're looking for the individual brilliance to win the game. From like putting TJ in the full forward line, drive the ball into TJ. You know, TJ is probably the best hurler in the country. Get one four off him, Richie Hogan. Get him on the ball. Try and get another one four off of him. You know, and then you see the opposite side, Limerick. Patience, as Giga said, working the ball around. Doesn't matter who's in there. If he's free, the ball will be given into him, and the ball will be worked around. Patience. If the shot isn't on, patience. Whereas I just saw Kilkenny, they were getting the ball. Like under pressure, that's where they're getting all the wides. Striking the ball under pressure, not having that composure. But that's yeah. just that's just the way Kilkenny played their whole past how many years they were able to drive that ball and they had the players to win the dirty 50-50 ball, but they'll have to change it up, I think, if yeah. they're going to challenge for all yeah. of those next year and in the future. I think so. Look, I think look, they had done that probably in the league this year. They had completely altered the way they play where they actually were working the ball up through the channels, and that's was an involvement of the game. But as it went into the championship, they didn't bring that through with them. In terms of being worried about Kenny, I actually couldn't be happier for Kenny going into the future because they've blooded seven or eight new championship players this year. Drew with the All Ireland champions, were within win a point from it a few minutes to go in the replay and got beaten by a better Limerick team on the day who are going to be on and be All Ireland contenders. So look, Kilkenny are in a rebuilding phase. They were ultra competitive the whole way through this um the Round Robin series and into the All Ireland series. It's always disappointing with Kenny that we're not Ireland from Kilkenny supporters' point of view. It's a third year in a row without an All Ireland now is a long time with Kenny Giggles your bet to twenty twenty two. you have another you have, a, you have another year where you're you're safe. But I, I'm actually happy enough with what they did. I think from Brian Corey's point of view, he's all, that's always been levelled at him. Is he's always had the players? He's always had the players. Anyone could have trained that Kilkenny team. Like he got a lot out of those lads this year, and that's because why he's instilled in he that did, yeah, in, yeah, in that did. panel. But just one interesting thing though, it was the third week in a row, and we looked at um, how that impacted other teams in the round robin series. That most teams lost their third game in a row. Kilkenny ended up losing, but I saw. McDempsey was quoted in the Irish Independent in a Martin Bretney article saying that he most players are actually well recovered physically within 72 hours of a game. So physically it's actually not it's just an mentally, issue. Yeah. It's, it, it's mentally and whether they, psychologically you're right for the game within, no, within that period because they're not used to playing those games week on week. Yeah. But that's not an excuse for Kilkenny and Brian Cody's come out and said that but it is interesting yeah. across the board this year teams who played three weeks in a row they didn't win that the third, in the third game. Yeah. So look I think it's end, end of the road for Kenny but I cannot wait for the next round for the other semi-finals I think they're going to be two brilliant games and we'll, we'll touch on that next week's episode but um, yeah we've had another great weekend the hurling and yeah it's, it's, look yeah, I was kind of half hoping there was there was 80% of me hoping it was Limerick would win there was kind of 20% hoping me Kilkenny would win because you'd like to see the Kilkenny Cox in me fight. I would have loved the Kilkenny Cox in me fight. Yeah, you'd have the Kilkenny Cox on one side and you would have had the Galway and Clare, the, the local derby up there on the other side. But look, I think Limerick and Cork, we, as we won't get into it, will be just as fascinating. Yeah. Um, but I think Limerick have put, they've, they've had one bad game this year and yeah. people nearly ripped them off on the basis of it. They're coming strong into this. Uh, you've got the feeling of 2013 all over again. You've got four 
random teams in the semi-final that you, and you don't have Tip and you don't have Kilkenny um, so I think Limerick have as good a chance as anyone to, to lift the Liam McCarthy in, in that four yeah okay well we want to see how that unfolds in the next couple of weeks but coming up next is Giggles Car. Traveling in a fight combi On a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under Okay, we're back with Giggles Carter. Six weeks of an absence. We sent him off to Boston. He said he's come back with a good one. I'm coming back with a vintage one. The Jimmy McGee classic, the Who Am I contest is here. You're rolling out the, the great skills yeah. again. I was, uh, I, we were on the WhatsApp earlier. Liam is still to get a W on the board in this, in this oh, quiz. Oh, is that true? I oh, told you. A loss and a draw. A loss and a draw to Johnny. Draw. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully and, uh, I get one over Pa here. I'm not confident. Pa has been a, no, uh, a strong um, hurling knowledge background back into the history. So it could be, it could be a close one, I have a feeling. But we've got five anyway. We've got five today. The, the same rules apply. If you get it on the first clue, you get six points. If you get it on the second clue, five, four, three, and so on and so forth. Um, Mini the, buzzer. The rule is you just call your name. Don't call the answer. Call the answer. And, just, just <laughs> so just and call, if call he calls name. and gets it wrong, he's gone. If no. you call it and get it wrong, yeah, it's, 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 it's over to me. Yeah, it's over to or me. Or the, the question, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Okay. Right, go for so it. So we, we'll kick off here. We'll go one right so for six points I played m- midfield for my club in an under 12 All-Ireland semi-final in Semple Stadium but lost to a stronger Lismore team on the day captained by the great John Heenan oh here we go Jesus Christ there's also things in under 12 All-Ireland and yeah go on there, there was back then <laughs> the, my, my hurling skills became prominent in County Cork before they did in my own county I won two All-Ireland Colleges medals with Waterford, Stephen Malumphy and Aidan Kearney. Three. I won an All-Star at Corner Forward with Limerick in 2007. You're going very fast here, John. Give us a chance with that. <laughs> For two points. I finally got a Munster Club medal. Pa. Andrew Shocklessy. Pa's in there. I finally got a Munster Club medal with my club Kilmallock later in my career. Oh, I just got in on time with the Kilmallock one. I made my debut against Waterford in the Championship in 2003 and scored 1-1 at 18 years of age. Andrew O'Shock to see the great Well Andrew done, Pat. Yeah. Well done. An unbelievable talent. So Pat is oh, off so the board and he's at two points. Okay. Liam is not off the board. We have four more to go, Liam. Thanks, thanks, So for six points, second person. I am one of the most dangerous corner forwards the Rebel County has ever produced. Pa. Uh, first it's risky going first though, Pa. There's a lot of good car forwards in Cork. Yeah, but you are after this thing. No, I don't have to say that. I can wait and play with the other clues. But it's all about points then as well. So go on, give your go. Well done, Pa, you're on the clock. Jordine. No, that's yeah, I knew you were going to say Jordine. I knew you were going to say I knew. Go on, keep going. So for five points, I studied physical education at the University of Limerick. Jeez, go on. For four points, I have ten All-Ireland medals and six All-Stars for Cork. Three. My club, my club is Rock Bond. Okay, for two points. 
I launched the Women's Gaelic Players Association in 2015, the same year I announced to the public that I was gay. Oh, lovely. Liam. Don't look music. No. Oh! You're, no, it's the no, brother! No, no, no. It's the brother! No, it's not the brother. Who number, is it? Number one, I've been noted for wearing the rebel bandana while playing at number 13 for the Cork Ladies oh, Footballers, Valerie Mulcahy. Jesus, lads, the, the, No, the that's bad on pad, that's bad on pad. Female that's listenership now is a good one. No, 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 hold on, I would have got that one down. You had a clue, Pat. I didn't, no, all the cars from my own club at home. And but that was the answer. I have a great... Anyway. We've got, yeah, we've, got, we've, got, we've got no, we've got no Total low 2015 I, I tried to get to 6 Yeah yeah Sort of humiliate Liam there Okay So right here we go Third person Number for 6 points I won my first All-Ireland in 1992 Okay I have 8 county titles And 1 provincial title with my club 4 points I received my first and only All-Star in 2004 Three points. I had a brief spelling goal for Waterford United. Oh, two points. <laughs> for two points. He's going for it, lads. I told you he was going to go for it, lads. <laughs> was the teammates' words issued to Don Logue and The Rock after the magic bullet goal? Liam. Paul Flynn. Paul Flynn for two <laughs> points. Liam <laughs> in there. He played goals all-time Warford top scorer and son of the fame Bally Gunner Club Paul Flynn Jesus Christ yeah. God I got something there <laughs> you panicking with that I was worrying there Jesus I didn't know where you were going with that McGiggles so he won in All-Ireland in 21 with Warford 1992 in Nolan Park see 92 Kilkenny won in All-Ireland yeah I was thinking there's all the things that throws you right I was like if it's a Kilkenny lad I don't get it I'll be shot because if you hadn't got before we're level pegging after three lads we have two more to go right so here we go for six points I made my debut as a substitute in the first round of the Munster Championship, scoring an all-important goal against Cork. Pa. Go on. Is it Paul O'Brien? No. No. Oh. See, Pa, if you had listened to the podcast before, <laughs> I have actually asked Giggles a question about Paul O'Brien, so I knew there, even though I didn't know that match, it's definitely not Paul O'Brien. The numbers for the six points is usually a sucker <laughs> one. Leave me back into a talk I wasn't listening to your podcast. <laughs> For five, five points. That year, I went on to win my first All-Ireland medal after securing a place in the team in midfield. What year was it? No, we can't go back. No, I didn't say a year. I didn't, okay. I didn't say a year. Four, I am a Garda by trade. By trade, a Garda? No. Well. Three, in the late 90s, I won an All-Ireland club with St. Joseph's Dora Bearfield. Two points. I have managed Offaly and Kilmacud Croaks since retiring. Let me back into it. Oh God. For one point. Stop her. Stop her. Go on. For one point. I was known as the engine of Gerlach Nan's <sighs> midfield in 1997. Lean. Carl Lynch. Oh! No! It's Ali Baker! Oh, no! 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 Oh, Jesus, Corn was way better last oh, time. Lord. Right. My standard's gone down here. For six points. Jeez, I'm brutal. For six at this. points. I am a proud Grail Talks man and have won two All Ireland senior football medals with my county. I captained a Sigerson winning UCG team in 1992. For four points. My club is on Cahirua in County Galway. 
for three points. In 2008, I wrote my autobiography, Law and Podrick. Lean. Totally in oh, Irish. Sure, that's... Uh, Podrick. Joyce. No. Delighted. Liam froze now for two Pat. points. For two, Go on. You, you, you say it, Pat? Oh, no, he's after the question. He must finish the question. I share the same first name with another famous wing back from the Rebel County. Pear. I do. What? Go on. Sean out the pair? That's right, Sean out the pair for two points. You! <laughs> oh, I would have got that. And we've got a winner got again. Pa wins 4 to 2. Is <laughs> <laughs> that like Croatia and France? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's a poor performance by me. Dolly Bacon, what a shock. I'm sorry about that. Dolly Bacon was bad. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Giggles. Your strength is the Who Am I Giggles. You're very good that was at that. Enjoy it. Very good. Well done. Enjoy it. Usually, you've a 40 minute tram ride in the morning. You usually have it all laid out by the time I'm getting off the tram. So yeah. it's, it's nice to have one pair. But it's good with keeping her busy. Okay, thanks for that, Giggles. <laughs> oh, devastating. Oh, devastating. Anyway, all right, we'll come back next week with another one. But coming up next, we're looking at probably a similar performance as myself, Wexford against Clare. <laughs> was Colin Lynch playing? He was. Yeah. <laughs> like the legend of the Phoenix, all ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet spinning? We're now done in past the injury time. Kelly has to go for distance. The referee doesn't blow his whistle. Ball comes out towards Bola Dunaway. Clare have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Donald O'Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced on, anything rest. like it. Blow it up, Brett. Blow it up. By Gavin. Blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. Okay, the warm-up game on Saturday night was Clare and Wexford in Parky Cueve. Very much a warm-up game from my point of view. Um, interesting that we had to have a game down in Cork for Frank Murphy to keep him happy for his brand new stadium. <laughs> Beautiful stadium. Beautiful stadium, no doubt about that. But we had a, a, a pathetic attendance of 10,000 people on a Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock in Parky Cueve. I actually don't blame Wexford and Clare people for, for that. I think they've been on the road four or five games each so far this year it's hard to keep going to matches and it was 30 euros in for a ticket for that and but for me why it wasn't a double header in Turles or in Parky Cueve put the both of them on at the same time and you would have had 40,000 probably there you know, I, slip I, up from the GA. I, I would have loved to see how tough the old Cork shorts would have been if there was twenty or thirty thousand there and they were trying to manhandle them out of the stadium. That was shocking, <laughs> wasn't it? That was shocking, though, wasn't it? It was bad, yeah. It but it was interesting. Did you see the one, the one, the guys who hauled off the old lad had like a monster, like a like monster council T-shirt on a baldy fella security guard. He was actually at the the in the following day. 
He must be so he's a Munster Council staff as well as then the, obviously the Cork dweebs. He's the GA version of an AVC. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was scandalous. Those poor owls. And I saw a quote in the paper today. Off. Said he got he got he got thrown off the pitch like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. But anyway, look, that was probably one of the highlights. Actually, was was that at the end? But just on, onto the match itself. Oh, I thought it was a fairly drab affair. And as you were saying, because before we came on air, you're, you're blaming that on Wexford. Yeah, I I think. Clare were always going to win this game from the off. It was Wexford looked flat. Davy looked flat on the sideline. Um, Clare looked up for it. Well, they didn't threaten. They played the perfect game plan because they knew Sean Murphy was going to sit in front of John Conlon for the whole game and they went for points for the whole... I don't think Clare had a goal chance, to be honest. Not even one. Uh, they just tipped over their points. They really inter- interfered with Wexford's short passing game, so much so that in the first half... I think there was two points scored. Tony Kelly got one of them anyway from interceptions where Wexford played the ball back into the middle looking for Sean Murphy. Kelly tapped in and tapped it over the bar. But it just it just didn't have near the atmosphere, obviously, Kilkenny Limerick had. And it just didn't feel like it was a kind of a Division 1 status game. It felt like it Wexford... It didn't feel like a quarter final, did no, it? It felt like, a, like not even a league match. It felt like, it's, like a war for crystal yeah, match or something. It, it's the third year in a row now Wexford have gone out in the quarter final on a whimper losing by 10 or 11 points. Like last year, the last two years in a row, I believe... Waterford bet them by 10 points and 12 points and this year I think they lost by 7 points to Clare but they just bar Conor McDonald's brief sent to the goal and look we'll just give credit to him he had a, a fantastic game after a quite enough year they just didn't look like threatening Clare at all no um, I was impressed with Clare I know Wexford were bad but the Wexford set up is atrocious like it, like Sean Murphy he's not even sweeping he's sitting on a brush back there he's doing nothing he's in front of Liam Ryan who's one of the best full backs going I know yeah. um, that was a great battle actually. it was a brilliant battle yeah. do you know John Connor scored two points in play was it yeah they were both they were both going at each other Liam Ryan would win the next ball and Sean Murphy was just in, doing nothing in front of him um, and then going back clear from the offset were just sharp the first first puck out that two he got he was on the ball he was straight away looking for a fast one he was just on the whole lot of them were on it and what giving out about um, Kilkenny goalkeeper on Murphy you want to see two he pucking out the ball the, the variety Wexford like, they didn't know where it was coming from it was either going to go short it was going to the half back line and then he's the clear forwards making the dummy runs the Wexford backs following him and then it didn't matter who was on the other side he really caught a brilliant one yeah. two or three of them went out over the line and that was just that was a teaser for Wexford to, to let them know you're going to get caught here like I never copped onto it Sean Murphy not pushing up you had Aidan Nolan wearing number 11 he made him sat inside in the sub bench he was out around <laughs> midfield do you know what I disrespect yeah, him like? but what the, and the first half I didn't even I forgot about um Lee Chin to be honest he can touch a ball in yeah. the first half it's and been a bad year for Lee Chin in, in the championship Yeah, yeah. he's out around midfield as well so you're, yeah. you've got Nolan out midfield you have Lee Chin out midfield and then you are inside in you've got Conor McDonald, Roy O'Connor and Lee Moe McGovern you get, he didn't get on a lot of ball no, like, no. but you're, you're basically trying to win a championship game with three forwards and then Wexford it, when they did win the ball on the half back line they were looking up and you had the clear boys sweeping the wing backs coming back you had um, Shane Amore on left half back sweeping up everything and then Clare Wexford drive the ball in Clare win it and then Colin Galvin was picking up the pieces yeah, giving him the short puck and then he was starting the attack and they just tore Wexford apart all day long like. and I think look I was listening to off the ball during the week and, and John Malloy had Gizzy Ling on and I think it, this is a symptom of a year two Davy Fitz team he comes in with all gusto it's all new everyone buys into it and it was probably a surprise last year for some teams who played Wexford. So the Cockle Kenny down in Wexford Park mm. had a great win. 
but probably kind of fizzled out a little bit after I lost the Leinster final then lost the quarter final year two with Davy, people do get tired of it I think and even with the Derek McGrath comparison to Waterford like it's great he came in he probably stabilised him got a bit of belief back in him but then didn't change really anything for this year you know and do Wexford have some of the players where you can trust them you, like that game playing the sweeper Gizzy Ling alluded to and I think we'll all agree is that game if you go behind that game you can't come back with that style of play as a sweeper yeah. you know you can't, it's very hard to rein back in a lead yeah. and he, he didn't change that up for, for long periods yeah. and the game was beyond Wexford before he did well I, I put a note down there today and I was thinking about it I was like the sweeper's dead already it's never going to be worked again it's far more effective and I think Kilkenny and Limerick and, and Cork are proving this now to have a, a seriously fit half forward line who can work back into midfield rather than just plodding the lad in front of the full back and playing with five up front. I don't. I think Waterford, whoever will come in there next year, will do away with the strict sweeper system and they'll go to more a Limerick style play that, that, that Limerick play. Um, and I think Wexford have to do this. like Wexford, as you said, they've no one that they're protecting. Like they've they've Liam Ryan at fullback, and I think the statistic was twenty balls went into John Conlon and Liam Ryan. Liam Ryan won thirteen of them. And John, but John Conlon still scored three points from play so it was a fantastic battle but Sean Ryan didn't do anything to negate it no. and Liam Ryan is well able to kind of do for it but going back then to the Lee Chin and the Davy factor I think Matthew Hanlon gave up his job for the summer Lee Chin went professional for the year and there's an element of does that do you any good as a hurler do you know what I mean sometimes you need your day job to get your mind off things to go back in and take it away from the whole bubble that you're in and especially a bubble in a Davy bubble because it's like a bigger bubble because he's gone so far into the professional extremes that I'd say these guys heads were just melted by the time the, the championship came around because they've been at it since October had a great league but I think you're right just fizzled out and had no want to continue yeah. in the championship. I think that's the problem with these tactics. When you're when you're training and it, it's got to be drilled into them. You must be here. You must be there. Do you know what I mean? And then when it doesn't work, and what was it at half time? They were sixteen points to nine yeah. at half time. There's no Leachy went in full forward, but sure, and they, they came back. But they're nothing to lose. You may as well just drive the ball into them. Yeah. Nothing to lose. I mean, you're down by yeah. that much. But that's that's the thing with this structure. You see. Hannon was kind of sweeping as well, like. But the difference was he would play a simple thirty-yard pass, and then they'd work it from there. But when Murphy got it, there was no option in midfield; it was just completely cut out. So he was just going long, yeah. going long to nobody, going long to nobody, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I'd like to see Davis stay at it. I'd give him another year. I agree. Yeah. Just tweak it a bit. Just, just tweak. Bring up Sean Murphy. I, I don't mind the sweeper thing when they're going back defending. But when you're going forward, you have to. They, they don't have any plan going forward. They're just playing it, and they they didn't concede a goal again. So that is their plan: the yeah. sweep or stop the goals. But going forward, it's it's just not working yeah. for them. Like they need, they yeah. need to change it up. Maybe a player like Dermot O'Keefe would be a more of an effective sweeper. A man who, when he gets the ball, actually just goes for yeah, it. Like, do you know what I mean? So he can defend and can't, where Sean Murphy is very keen to give a hand pass yeah. to a guy five yards away from him. But I just I just think Wexford. They put a lot into the league. They were very disappointing in the semi-final against Kilkenny. They lost to Kilkenny when they were going for the league. And I just think they got to that point where they peaked too soon. And when you peak too soon, it's a psychological thing with a team. You're nearly waiting for the year to be over sometimes because you're just like, fuck, I've had too much of this. Excuse my language there. But, you know, you, you need to manage when you actually peak. And I think this year, all the teams don't really know how to manage that because it's the first year of this whole new trial. But Wexford are a team are definitely peaked way too early. Yeah, look, I think it's year two now of Davey. He said he's going to take his time and, recon and consider his options for the third year. He hasn't committed or, or said he's walking away. But I'd just say if he was to walk away, the probably only job out there for him in 
Division 1 top hurling is the Waterford job I don't think he would be in line for that having he been there so whether even just from a, from Davies Eagle point of view whether he hangs in for another year because there probably isn't another job out there from at the moment it'll be interesting to see but like to your point he, he will have to make a tweak if he wants to come back because I just can't see Wexford making any further inroads affairs if he had steady the ship for them he yeah. made them somewhat more competitive they were getting whacked out the gate you, know, true, what I mean? yeah. you know what I mean like he did kind of stop the rot like yeah. um, like Liam Dunn had done it, got him to a certain point but he wasn't going to bring him any further yeah. so he let's give him credit for that and brought back, back a bit of belief but the fact that 10,000 people travelled to an Ireland quarter final we'll say half was Wexford just say it was half like it's only 5,000 for a Wexford who are such great passionate supporters in the Ireland quarter final that they even weren't expecting a whole lot coming into this well, game I think, I think the GAA has more to answer for than the Wexford fans here like how many men and women in Wexford are working on a Saturday there's probably yeah, a sure. fair percentage of them and the game is on at 3 o'clock in Cork not, not even 7 o'clock you could argue if it was on at 7 o'clock yeah. in Cork do you know what? You work your half day on a Saturday. You finish at two o'clock, and you can get you can tr- make the trip down. But three o'clock on a Saturday, it's like it's crazy. Yeah, look, I think look, the obvious thing was it was a double header, probably five and seven, or six, or, or, Sunday. or, or, Sunday. or, or Sunday, double yeah. header Thursday. They didn't have the World Cup final to contend with. I think that was probably another factor. But they ended up playing a Kerry Galway game at four o'clock. But yeah. anyway, look, I think they got the schedule wrong. They're trying to keep the Cork County board happy by giving them a game Parky Queen as well. So there's a few things at play. Uh, but yeah look it, it wasn't a great spectacle we've been blessed with hurling this year and I, I think you were saying how has been a bit harsh maybe before we came on here about the, the quality of the game but I think it's because of all the other games have been so good yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like like we've we've been so lucky with the, the games have all been spectacles probably bar that one really yeah. but to give to, to, we talked a lot about Wexford there Wexford are gone now Clare are the team who won they scored 27 points they themselves had a monster final wrapped up if they didn't collapse in the second half as well. It's kind of like going back to the Limerick points we were just making that everyone wrote Limerick off after one bad performance. Everyone's after writing clear off after one bad half. Now they're going to be, they have an exceptional forward line. I think they've got five very good backs, but I think their problem still lies at Conor Cleary at number six. Oh, I um, think, I think he's not a hurling centre he's, he's back. A hurling he's, centre back. He's, yeah, he's, he's, his stick passing is poor. He strikes the ball into the ground and it goes out. Uh, uh, like the same problem I have with the Cork team. I think their centre back and the same problem Galway had for years while they couldn't win in Ireland. They, you have to have a centre back and I think Clare have a phenomenal forward line their full back line is very solid their midfield is good they've got good wing backs it'll, I think it'll be a humdinger of a battle with Galway just because of the the two West teams and there's to be savage yeah. rivalry there but I think the centre back will let them down in, in, in the end I think they, they just won't get over the line because they need someone better at centre back that'll be an interesting one we're going to look ahead of that at some detail yeah. next, next week leave, it will leave Clare on but I think back to Cork again with Cadigan holding but Clare don't have anyone like Matt Coleman to read the read the game, give passes. He's he's like a modern he's like a modern speaker he does come across. I don't think Clare Shane Moore is more of an athlete. Yeah, agree. Um, yeah, he's not. Yeah, I think it suits Cork a bit better. Uh, I do agree. He's like the centre back. He is extremely important. Like, but I just think Cork are a bit bit slightly ahead of Clare. But I was very impressed with Clare. I give him full credit. Um, they were just from the word go. They were on it. They had a game plan. They were just flying it. Touched. There was no. No bad touches, no missed pickups, no mistakes. Just absolutely brilliant. And Peter Duggan just coming back, helping, going forward. Do you know, really sacrificed his game for the good of Clare. And it just freed up the rest of them. And they were absolutely flying it. And Podge back in farm yeah, now. Podge back in farm. Yeah. Yeah. God, I know, want to be, just want to watch themselves. They will get pulled asunder. Like, once they're hurling again, they'll be patient. They'll find the gaps. It won't be like Kilkenny driving 
90 yard ball down on top of six <laughs> feathers. He's for me to react to this. Like. I'm not biting, pal. I'm not biting. Munster yeah. hurling, we'll see how it ends up in the All Ireland this well, year. Be a Munster team or a Connacht team? That's yeah, well, that's that's true. Yeah, I got that thrown at me as well. Don't worry, I've heard all that all week. That's fine. I'm giving it long enough. I can take it too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but um, look, it's a Clare's first time back in Crow Park as well since 2013. I think is the stat there as well since the Ireland final. So yeah. like to have say say that is phenomenal. When they walked out the door with Liam McCarthy in 2013, it's taken them five years to get back there. That's squad of players. So I think we're going to have two fantastic All-Ireland semi-finals yeah. both will be two completely different games I think because of the Galway Clare matchup and how they play and Cork and Limerick I think will be a humdinger I think we'll see a score fest there but we'll preview them in detail next week yeah. so coming up next we're going to wrap up with the other Gaelic sport that's played in Ireland Gaelic football and the Super 8s <laughs> Two in just once would be enough for those who've lost in life for love for those who've lost their guys. Look what it means to the fans and to the players. Paddy Andrews in there to celebrate. But once again, defeat is Mayo's lot. Stephen Rochford and his team gave it absolutely everything. Luck just wasn't on their side at the very end of all of that. But it's Dublin who are the champions. It's a record of achievement that must be acknowledged. Final score, Dublin 117. Mayo 116. Okay, the Super 8s are up and running. Not so much fanfare. Like, I think, as, a, as, as we're three hurling men here, and Shawnee, who isn't with us here tonight, and four hurling people who talk on this podcast we were very conscious that Hurley had this window the last few weeks because we're having game after game week after week and now it was football's t- chance to step up with the inverted commas Super 8s but what we've seen so far low attendances at Crow Park Crow Park not being sold out um, little or no atmosphere at those games now look I'm sure that is going to improve but again football pales in comparison to hurling at the board yeah and I think I think the Crow Park opening round piece is definitely something they look at next year like if, if I'm below and Lismore and Watford are playing in a Super 8 style uh, match and it's the first round and it's above in Crow Park I can guarantee you 90% of the Lismore lads are saying fuck that I'm not going up to watch that I'll go for the third game do you know what I mean yeah it, and, and it was it was just showing like you'd got Dublin who could be a first round of a Leinster Championship and they'll sell Crow Park out are playing Donegal who are a very strong team and there's only what forty or fifty thousand yeah. there, and uh, yeah, and then the other games that were on in, in, in the day before, it was just poor crowds, poor tenancies, poor quality. The Super Eights has got off to a terrible start, and I'd say the footballing people around Ireland are just kind of asking themselves, "What's wrong with this product that we call football? It's just not delivering." Yeah, and I think on, on that point as well, the best thing about the round robins in the Leinster Monster was the home and away games. Like, and from speaking to my family at home, like my sisters, they all go to all the matches, going away to all those games, going up to Galway, making a weekend out. All that stuff was brilliant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, going to Galway had a game in Pierce Stadium against Kenny a Championship match, fantastic. Like, Crow Park is great for all the semi-finals and finals, but playing like a first round in a round robin series. No. You know, it doesn't have that. It's like playing. It takes a sparkle. It does take a sparkle. It has to be a special occasion to get to Crow Park. It does, yeah. It has to be a massive achievement. We're going to Crow yeah. Park. But, like, as Giggle said, you know, your first round game or the Super 8s, you're not going to. Do you know, you're really going to travel up to Reno? There's another couple yeah. of games involved in it. You'd have yeah. to stay in Dublin that night. You'll have the expense. You bring the yeah. family. It's, it's an expensive 
day out like and the, the other side of it is then Donegal should not have been made to play Dublin in a neutral venue called Crow Park yeah that was that another was, point it's a, and they, they they tried the Newbridge approach they probably tried it they didn't night. go hard on Ferris. They, they didn't go hard um, but it, what a joke like Dublin get two home games the best team like the invincible team in, in the championship the team nobody can beat the team with a population of 1.5 million and they get two home games and everyone yeah. else gets a raw deal on that and it's just like that game with Donegal should be played in Clonus that's halfway between the two counties yeah. and it would have given Donegal a little bit of an edge because it would have been an Ulster ground yeah. the Dubs wouldn't have travelled as much and it would have been a much interesting affair because Dublin did not turn up on Sunday the Dublin that oh. everybody knows and only for Donegal played so poorly they should have beaten them and look Dublin were getting a lot of flack for doing the hand passing against the half back around the half back line oh, yeah. for, the, for the last 10 minutes a lot of people are complaining about I suppose the state getting football as in as a game to watch and the way it's been played and look I think it's unfair at times because it's been held up against hurling at the moment and hurling is having this vintage year like it's probably the best year of hurling we've had in terms of games and around Robin how it's all played out probably higher than it than we standard that we thought it would be all yeah. those matches but it was interesting I spoke to a Kerry man during the week who's a Kerry footballer he's number one obviously and I, I said well maybe watching the games at the weekend loved Kilkenny Limerick he stayed up on Sunday night to watch it here in Australia how is a kite sitting down to watch Kerry Galway and he was just devastated yeah. looking at it. And I think, look, you could say, what do you do to change that? What do you do to lift it and improve the standard? But what we see here in the AFL and Aussie rules, what they've tried to do is introduce rule changes to try and counter styles of play and make it more exciting, etc. But that ends up making an absolute balls of it. And we've seen that with the AFL this year has dropped down in its, uh, probably goals have dropped. And they're looking at ways out. How can we lift it again? Game football has, the invention has to come from the teams and, yeah. the managers and to counter that boring side if they want to but at the moment it's just about winning yeah. games well the, the only rule that like is staring everyone in the face is that you can't once you do two hand passes in a row a team has to be kicked do you know what I mean like yeah. like, like in hurling you know when you've caught the ball twice you can't catch it the third time like if you had a rule in hurling you'll catch as many times as you want should there be lads going off <laughs> all you need yeah. to be doing is an Olympic sprinter and touch it on the hurley every time like it, it, it's just a, a simple one for me that you look at and you say right as a team does two hand passes in a row the team knows you build that in they have to kick it and they have that in the international rules I think yeah. it's five it's five hand passes in the international rules. rules and it's actually very good yeah because you have to kick it and it's like not to compare it with rugby but that rugby league you know where you've got the five tackles and then the team has to go for the yeah. try in the corner it just forces the entertainment side of it but it's just it's and, and I wouldn't even put football up comparing it with hurling and I never really would just it's, it's you can't like we always just said before we come on if a hurling game is on at two o'clock and the football's on at four, you wouldn't even watch the football because yeah. you can't get your mind excited enough. And we're not being hurling snobs here either. No. Like I you think know it's what I mean? Sad, to be honest, like, look, obviously being from Cork and everything, we always had the footballers, you know, to fall back on as well. And exactly. they do get to fall back you know? on. That's what you. <laughs> That's a very good point, but That's the way I describe but it's it. Honest, you know, like, yeah. Obviously, for me, it's Cork. Whatever hurling is number one. But the football, like Reggie Eamon, we grew up playing hurling and football. You know. You, Grew up when you're seven or eight, you do half an hour of hurling, you do half an hour of football. But it's it's just a shame. It's the the fair has gone out of it. The excitement, the youngsters, the youngsters are going on with the hurlies at home, back there for the summer, and it's just all hurling. Well, it, everywhere, yeah. so it's all it's been promoted. The games are unbelievable, and it's just it's just sad. They're going to have to change something to get the excitement back into it. They're going to have to do something big because yeah. it, it's just it's dwindling out now people are getting fit up but people aren't even going to the game. that's and, the thing and they're just waiting for Dublin to win it Galway are coming strong now but yeah. 
do you know what? Donny is still yeah. kind of waiting. Dublin will win it again. Like so, someone has to. It's some teams going to have to. Yeah. Knock Don't, them off the the only thing that gave excitement in the last two years, and we did a few podcasts, and were the Mayo Dublin games. That's the, the only thing. thing. And I think that's that's the thing is looking back last year it was probably just from semi finals on that's where there was any yeah. excitement. Yeah. And, we, and we probably thought the Super Race this year would bring that back, so it happened yeah. sooner. And if you look at if you take Kieran Kilkenny as an example, right? Should, the man should be playing hurling first off, right? That, yeah. that was his number one sport, but. He probably what he had about 245 possessions at the weekend and he gets mad at the match but all he's doing is nothing whereas in the games where he played against Mayo when it was full on football he was anonymous because he didn't get time on the ball to do this thing and I think teams are afraid of Dublin of pushing up on them and it should, the likes of Kieran Kilkenny then and whoever else in the half forward and can just do what they want and they slow it down and the, the same criticism is on the likes of Aidan O'Shea or whoever um, talking about the football the Galway beat Kerry was the only real result of significance at the weekend every other result was predicted but I think it could be the kick in the arse Kerry want at the right time like you look at that full forward line of Clifford Ganey and James O'Donoghue it's the best full forward line in the country by a mile and I reckon there could be a kick left in Kerry and I think losing the first round of a Super 8 isn't a bad thing for them yeah look it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out as the weeks go on in the Super 8s we need, I think we have a bit of a break now from the hurling on, until Sunday week for the Saturday semi-final. So only we, three games left in the year. Only three hurling games left, which, yeah, finishing earlier this year, obviously, with the Ireland final brought forward to August. Um, but we will be keeping a closer eye as that football evolves. Um, look. Just actually pick you up on one thing before. We've had a few tweets in about the, the winner of the predictor competition. Yeah, Giggles, Giggles text me saying we have to announce it. I haven't done it, Giggles. I haven't crunched it. Surely you have someone there who can do it in the, me, in the back send, office. Send me over the, 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 the list. I'll send you the data. Send me the data. He gets a lot of time in his hands. <laughs> it's great. It's great to hear. He's a baby, <laughs> co- he's a baby coming in September. That lot will disappear <laughs> fairly soon after that. But um, yeah, no, look, sorry we haven't announced that com- winner that competition. We actually have a great prize. We have the new Gene GEA um, zip up top yeah. in whatever size you want shipped to anywhere in the world. And speaking of anywhere in the world, let's have a look at the stats today for some of the listeners from last week's episode. We had listeners in the Netherlands, America, Back in Ireland, obviously, right throughout the United Kingdom, Canada, France, and we had someone. Where was it? The Philippines. Oh yeah. So we've had a good, a good spread from last week's episode. That might be a bit more exotic to listenership. What was the name of the lad in the Philippines? Bang one in. Oh jeez, I'll have to edit that down. He was playing full forward for Kerry. I'll have to apologise for you there. Sorry about that. Um, see can I edit that one out um, but yeah look so we will announce that on next week's show the winner of the competition Giggles is delighted with himself oh, I'm loving it um, but back to oh completely drawn me there now um, yeah You're back to back to, back to back to Gnaga though we, our store is now online on the O'Neill's website where you can get all your Gnaga merchandise from hoodies from beanies yeah. shorts tracksuit pants Giggles actually have yours up top yeah. and the, beanie, the beanie's probably the standout one it's very cool actually, yeah and it? it's the one we don't have we need, to, we need to get a few of those beans <laughs> cover up that bald head and you and Pad there um, so we'll get on to that <laughs> yeah no, I go that way as well um, but look today's show was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear the choice of champions please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers they might be with us anymore if you listen to this week's episode hopefully they're not tuning in and we'll be back to preview the All-Ireland semi-finals soon and actually I was just wrapping up but I'm going to stop the RT have a new documentary on hurling called The Game Oh, I saw it last week on uh, Facebook. Yeah, I saw the, the, the trailer for it. It's going to be a three-part 
documentary hoping to god it's going to be on ga go i reckon it will be because it's already produced yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. meant to be phenomenal the trailer looked amazing it's tra- tracing her back from its origins back in 1100 all the way and yeah i should have wrapped up <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much pat for coming along tonight thanks, thanks for having me giggles thanks for great to have you back good to see you again we'll talk to you again soon take Thank it easy you.